Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I am Stephen Peters. And I'm Dr. Rob. And welcome once again to the Doggy Pod for all things dogs. Now in today's show, we're going to be talking about how sociable should your dog be. And if your dog is a bit of a digger in the garden, I'll give you some tips to try and get them to stop that help they give you in the garden when you don't want it. Please stop, please stop. Our celebrity dog this week is a miniature schnauzer named Sergeant Pepper. And our very special guest this week is journalist, TV presenter, author and mother of two, Jessica Rowe. And we'll talk about getting on like cats and dogs. Is that old saying true? Do they really get on? Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, before we get into that, um, you've obviously had a busy week as always, Dr. Rob. What's been happening in the clinic this week? Well, talking about dogs digging, they often swallow things they shouldn't as well. And I had... um, three golden retrievers chasing something in the garden. You're not going to believe what it was. It's a bearded dragon. Now, for those people who do not know what a bearded dragon is, it's a lizard, but it's a fairly large lizard, you know, certainly about six, seven inches long, pretty wide and very spiky. The funny thing was, or wasn't funny at the time, one of the dogs grabbed this lizard and swallowed it whole. The entire, uh, obviously it was a big serious. dog. Big dog, golden retriever. But I said to them, are you sure that they swallowed this? I'm telling you, it ran on the, into the garden. The dogs went in after I could see it, and one of the dogs grabbed it and swallowed it whole. We gave this dog an injection of what's called an emetic, a drug that makes them vomit, especially when they eat something they shouldn't. If it's still in the stomach, we can get them to vomit it up. This dog vomited up the bearded dragon whole. Wow. Um, I wouldn't have believed it, only I saw it in real life. So we'll show you the pictures. Wow, that's incredible. Now, 
Speaking of big dogs, we're now going to talk about small dogs as uh, our quiz question this week. Um, what is the smallest breed of dog in the world? Is it the Dachshund? A. B. The Shih Tzu? C. Pomeranian? Or D. A Chihuahua? So a Dachshund, a Shih Tzu, a Pomeranian, or a Chihuahua. Now, Dr. Rob will tell us the answer a little bit later and, and tell us a little bit about that particular breed. Okay, we're talking about dogs and socialising a lot in this episode, but just to kick kick it off, let's start with what's what are good games to play with your dogs? What do your dogs... I mean, we think of a dog fetching a ball and, and that kind mm. of thing. What do dogs... Do we know what dogs really like to do? Every dog's an individual, just like every person. Does every person like to play tennis or play golf or watch television or play the guitar? Everybody has their own favourite thing, and it's the same with your dog. What you do need to learn is what turns your dog on, what's the drive that your dog has. Sometimes it can be related to its breed. For example, a lot of the retrieving dogs do love chasing the ball and bringing it back for you. Um, some of the working dogs love to go out and work with you just by walking down the street. They don't have to actually chase anything or herd anything. They just like being out there. They feel like they're working with you. Other dogs just love their lounge lizards, love watching TV with you. It's their favourite thing. Undoubtedly, with every dog, it's being with you that makes it the favourite thing. That's the biggest part. If you've got a good relationship with your dog, your dog just loves doing whatever you're into. So if you give your dog the job that it wants to do, things that it's been bred to do, it gives it a lot of inner satisfaction and it doesn't go out and destroy the garden, do all the bad behaviours that we don't want it to do because it is quite satisfied with itself and to satisfied with being with you in a great relationship. So maybe do a bit of research on the origins of your breed of dog. and Yeah, and if you don't have that, don't get too fast. Just learn to think dog. Watch your dog. See what it's really enjoying and you know, bring that to the fore. It could be a simple thing like I know I have uh, two of my dogs that love running along the beach with me. Another one doesn't. He just stays in the car when we go to the beach. <laughs> That's fine by me. He's happy there. So just watch each individual dog. The dog will tell you. Dogs speak, but only if you listen. And I like what you're saying there about dogs just love to be with you, love oh. to be with their owners. Yeah, that's the thing. Even the dog that's not treated well by its owner prefers to be with its owner than anything else. It's really, yeah, there's that. They're ridiculously <laughs> forgiving dogs, oh, are Unbelievable, they? unbelievable. They live in the moment. If you give them that moment of happiness, that's fine. But what you've done to them in the past, that's all forgotten. They live in that moment, they forgive everything and all is well in their world if you just say, good dog, give them a little pat. You know, if you start patting a dog, you'll end up with a lifetime job. <laughs> a lot of humans are like that as well. They just need a little bit of a, uh, yeah. you know, well done and um, keep up the good work and, and we're all happy. So exactly. Yep. So that's, you know, socialising between owner and the dog. Let's talk a little bit about how important it is for dogs to socialise and to learn how to socialise, particularly from a young age, with, with other dogs. Oh, vital, really. In this day and age, we live in a closer and closer community all the time in every city in the world. And we like to still have, in our DNA, we want to have dogs. Most people want to have 
a pet and it's often a dog. But because we live in such a close community, it's important that your dog gets on with other dogs. You can't have your dog going out and you know, if you've got a big uh, terrier that's dominant or a big Malamute that's dominant, you can't have it going out and getting into fights all the time with other dogs. It'll be declared dangerous and it'll become a court battle for you to keep even that dog alive. You know, it may be ordered that, no, that dog's done too much damage to other dogs. So from the very start, you should go out and t- go to places where there are other dogs and just train your dog to accept the presence of other dogs, if nothing else. Very often they'll want to play with them once they do accept it. They get on very well with it. It is vital that we train our dogs. It's the same with children, with dogs. Make sure you train your dog to accept children, the presence of children. That too is vital in our community. We can't have a dog that goes out and just bites a child or a child comes over to your place visiting. You can't have your dog biting it. You can't say, oh, it's it's the dog's home. It doesn't work that way. There are certain established rules, and one of them is that dogs don't bite people. So socialise your dog in a lot of situations, with strangers, with children, and most certainly with other dogs. The best dog trainer in the world for your dog is you. So what would you say are the, the basics, which, which would be sit, stay? Yeah, look, the basics will be things like sit, stay, stand, come, when it's called, drop, um, which can save your dog's life, by the way. So if you could teach your dog those four things. Yeah, and heel. You don't want your dog pulling when you go for a walk. You want your dog to stand, to walk by your side. Those five things are the basics for me. You mentioned um, a minute ago about, you know, the dog will... Um, your dog will create its own little world and do its own little thing. And one of those things, of course, is digging in the garden. Oh, yeah. Don't they love doing that if you give them no industry. So for, so for people who are lucky enough to have a, have a garden and a nice garden that they look after themselves, how do they stop the dog digging? Because dogs, you know, that, that dirt, so, dirt yeah. would be very uh, tempting to just have a good dig. Sure. And then smells must be driving them crazy. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing, smells. And what... I tell people when the dog's really persistent with digging, get some citronella oil or one of these um, athletic rubs, you know, those menthol-type rubs that people use on their muscles. Put some of those in a watering can, fill it with hot water so it dissolves and pour it in the area that the dog is likely to dig. And the smell will put the dog off. You may go find a new area. You may have to keep doing it. Be persistent. That does work. I had one dog myself that was very persistent despite all my efforts. So I ended up putting mouse traps in the area with big paddles on them. So the mouse trap would go off, wouldn't get caught on the dog's nose or paws, but it would make a noise and slap down that may have, you know, give the dog a little smack on the nose in those areas that it digs. Dogs stop doing it straight away. I bet they do, but I, <laughs> I would guess that's um, that's for the larger dogs, not for the um, small dogs. Yeah, well, if you put a big paddle across you know, the part, the spring that comes down, it won't catch the dog. It won't put the dog's nose in there. So you can do it for small dogs as well. Talking yeah. about um, you know potential dangers for dogs, one of the things we all love to do, and, and dogs love to do it as well, is is fetching sticks. Yeah. That goes back to the dawn of time, I would think. That, oh, uh, yeah. 
those Egyptians when they had the first dogs. We were talking uh, in a previous episode about the world's oldest breed, the Saluki, mm. which goes back to Egyptian times. I'm sure they even threw sticks for their dogs. Now, there may be some dangers with that. Are there some sticks that will splinter and could hurt your dog? Yeah, the issues, I guess, are if the stick, um, seriously, and I've seen it happen, lands so instead of lying flat, it actually digs into some a moist soil and sticks up and the dog lands on it. It is potentially a very, very dangerous situation. If it's a stick where your dog grabs it and lands on it into its mouth, we've had that. We've had sticks caught in between teeth. Uh, these are the sort of issues. So fetching games, uh, vets do get worried about fetching games because the dog will go out, grab the item and turn around fast. They're worried they'll break a uh, or snap a cruciate ligament that's cruciate the ligaments inside your knees often called a footballer's injury because footballers plant their foot turn fast and when they do their knee and you see them holding their knee they've usually ruptured a cruciate ligament inside their knee dogs can do the same thing so if you're going to play fetching games i have no problems with that do warm your dog up first make sure your dog is well warmed up and then just you know, run the ball along the ground so it's not bouncing everywhere and the dog's jumping up and down and turning too much. The dog will grab it, turn around and come back with it. Now it's time to catch up with our celebrity guest this week, Jessica Rowe. She's been on and off our TV screens for years and she's also an author and a member of the Order of Australia for her tireless work with mental health advocacy. And she has got a couple of good dog stories to tell, and cat stories as well. Over to you, Rob. You're married to the lovely Peter Overton. I am. And you For 16 years. 16 years. <laughs> have some beautiful daughters, including one little four-legged one, or actually three four-legged ones, haven't you? But, but um, a little canine one now. We do. We've got gorgeous Daphne. and. Yep. She is now four months old. It's so funny. I can't actually imagine her not being in our family. Oh, wow. That, that's amazing, isn't it? The bond that happens so quick. Four well, months old. Such, yeah, they're such beautiful. As you know, they're such beautiful little souls. And you see, I'm a crazy cat lady. I didn't grow up with dogs. I grew up with cats. I've always adored cats, and they've always been a constant in my life. So we had Alfie, and Alfie was this beautiful, grey, British short-haired, big, big, lovely round face and such a chunky, gorgeous boy. And we got him when we came back from our honeymoon. And he just went to the Rainbow Bridge just after Christmas last year. And mm -hmm. so there was this huge hole left in our hearts as a family. And But then... We started to think about a dog because our youngest daughter, Giselle, especially Giselle, has been desperate for a dog for a long, long time. And Petey, he was the one who was really holding out. He was like, no, 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 I'll be the one who does all the work. No, we're not getting a dog. No, it's too much work. No, I don't want one. And we just kept chipping away. And what? <laughs> and it took time, though. And what we decided to do, Giselle and I came up with a bit of a plan, was a friend of ours had a puppy, a Maltese Shih Tzu puppy, that was so sweet. 
And we went to visit this puppy a few times and we were thinking, now this would be a perfect dog for our family. And so we decided the only way we're really going to get Petey to come around is if he meets this dog and gets a sense of what it will be like. So Petey came and met Winnie, was the, is the name of this dog, and was not surprisingly smitten and saw how sweet it was, but also it's, you know, it's not a big dog. And so that was, we began that way, chipping away, you know, saying, well, we could get one just like Winnie. And, <laughs> and as is often the way, Rob, I think once you put things out into the universe, things start to unfold. She's called Daphne Luna Overton. So Luna is her middle name. But as is, I think, often the way, once you name, name your animal, name your kids, the, the name is so them too, and you can't imagine exactly. being called yeah. anything else. But the cats are called Daisy and Violet, and now we've got Daphne. So there's that sort of floral theme. So what do you feed the little girl, the little Daphne? Well, what we do, we feed her, uh, we've got a dry food, sort of one mm-hmm. of those um, really right. good dry foods yep. that we get from the pet shop. And uh, with some, I I give her, I don't know if it's great or not, you could probably advise me on this, Rob, but a a little bit of grated cheese on the top to make it a little bit more interesting for her. And um, so she gets that three times a day. Right. No, I I tell you, that's fine. Grated cheese is excellent. It's got calcium, it's got some fats in it, a bit of protein. It's it's not too high in lactose. It's rather good. The reason I ask is because you describe yourself as an unusual housewife, don't you? (laughs) Well, I'm a crap housewife. <laughs> crap housewife. And, I, and I'm a proud crap housewife. I own it. And I think Petey would agree. Cooking, doing all the home stuff is not my strength. That's all right, because I'm good at other things. Uh, but you're, you're also an ambassador for Beyond Blue, which I support so much. We, you may not know, but my profession, veterinary science, unfortunately, has a very high suicide rate. Um, and so... I've supported Beyond Blue for a long, long time with a lot of other vets as well. And we're so happy that you're an ambassador for that. You do so much good charity work, kid. You really do. Oh, well, thank you. But isn't it terrible, though, to think in terms of your profession, Rob, that so many, there's such a high suicide rate because it impacts on so many of us and we need to talk about it and, and get help. I think that's very much my message that... We, you need to speak up, and there's no shame in asking for help. It's actually the bravest thing anyone could do. Mm. Well done you for doing that. Well done you. And but the dogs, for, for that sort of depression, dogs and pets and animals are so helpful, aren't they? Oh, animals are extraordinary because they just love you. They're just yeah. there. They're this yeah. wonderful, wonderful, just just their their, their companionship and. They, they, they ask nothing from you in that sense. They're just this, they leave their paw prints on your heart and they're just so beautiful. All the very best. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Rob. All the best. <laughs> Bye. Okay, now we're going to talk about one of the questions that once again goes back to the dawn of time, I think, and that is, can dogs and cats learn to live together? Um, I mean, I think... Everybody thinks that they don't, but I've seen examples of dogs and cats getting on swimmingly. Yep, I've even had dogs that, you know, racing dogs, the greyhounds, they're a gaze hound that, you know, they see something moving, they want to chase it, and they've been trained to chase, 
they retire from racing and they get detrained and they live quite happily with cats. You certainly can train. Firstly, you need a cat that's social, that's quite okay and accepts yeah, may- the Maybe dog. the cat is the problem. It can be. I've seen plenty of dogs that are quite friendly, but the cat will just go whack straight away mm. with its claws out onto its nose and then that dog will never get on with the cat. Yeah. It's learned its lesson. It's not going to happen again. Don't you know? After a couple of whacks on the nose, fool me once, fool me twice, but not the third time. So you've just got to be careful that you've got the right cat, the right dog for a start. I do it inside the house because I've got control of the situation. I like to have control of that situation before I introduce them. Never introduce them in an uncontrolled environment. Make sure you've got the dog on the lead so the dog doesn't chase the cat. Make sure you can separate them. Maybe have the cat in the cage to start with so the dog can't get to it and the cat can't get to the dog. Just do it slowly. Uh, one scenario that I have done in the past is have the cat in a fairly big cage. It sleeps uh, in a certain room and the dog sleeps in that same room as well and they get on quite well because they start forming a bit of a pack as far as the dog's concerned. As far as the cat's concerned, it has some new slave to look after it. (laughs) So it's not as crazy as it sounds for somebody to say, I've got a dog and I'm going to buy a cat or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Um, good to, t- to introduce them when they're young, albeit a puppy, of course, wants to play a bit harder and maybe too hard with a cat, so yeah. with a kitten, so you've got to be a bit careful. But absolutely, it, I've done it with older animals, both older cats and older dogs, and they get on quite well. Good to hear. We love a bit of harmony in the home. <laughs> okay, our celebrity dog this week is owned by television personality Grant Denyer, and his dog is named Sergeant Pepper, and he is a miniature schnauzer. Yeah. What do we know about miniature schnauzers, and what's the difference between a miniature schnauzer and a schnauzer? There are th- and I just actually like saying the word schnauzer. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> but there are three schnauzers, of course. There's the miniature. Then there's the one that's a little bit bigger called the standard schnauzer. And then finally, there's the giant schnauzer. So there's three sizes of the schnauzer. Yeah, but we're talking right now, of course, about the miniature schnauzer. It's around 36 centimetres, a bit over one foot in the old scale, 14 inches, actually 14, 15 inches tall. Uh, Really good little breed because they love walking. They're a good walking dog. They're beautiful coats. Oh, gorgeous coats. They're a bit harsh. They're not a silky coat, uh, but they, they get trimmed. They don't drop a coat. They get trimmed off they do have to be sometimes stripped out when the coat dies actually you pluck it out or you can just trim them your groomer will just trim them off and of course they have a a lot of hair around the face around the muzzle often called a beard underneath just Mm. just like we have and they have what's called feathering or hair on the legs which is a little bit longer and they're they're very very handsome dog very handsome walking dog they're alert they very proud in their walk they keep their head up and just a beautiful dog great again these dogs don't uh, pick on them if you think you can uh, go in and rob a house with a miniature schnauzer they will bite you at the heels good luck oh yeah they'll let everybody know that you're trying to invade the home they are a good little guard dog but they're very loyal very faithful they're not they're not shy or anything like that they not all over other people so much. They'll accept other people, but it's them and their owner. They're 
somewhat a one family dog. They're probably even more a one person dog in the family. I'll usually pick out one person in the family that they'll relate to more than even just the whole family. Uh, they're excellent little dogs. Very sound breed. They don't have a lot of hereditary problems uh, at all. Very light on with those sort of issues. And they're a clean dog, very clean in the house. They, they don't like um, soiling inside the house. They're actually very easy to house train, I've found. They're a long-lived breed generally, not that so much the giants. The giants, unfortunately, do suffer a bit of cancer later on in life. They can. Um, they're around 10 or 12 for the giants. But the miniature and the standard schnauzer, nothing to... Not, not unusual to them go to 14 to 16 years of age. So they're actually called a giant schnauzer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to have a look at them, they come all black colour or salt and pepper, as it's called, which is that grey flecky colour. Um, but they are just a lovely breed. Can I just say schnauzer again? You can say giant schnauzer, giant miniature schnauzer. schnauzer. Now, is, is, is the origin a German? Oh, yes, they're dog? a German breed, yeah. They go um, back to... A, a sort of a breed that was used um, for police work as well, and okay. that's probably. I'm guessing what, not the miniature Schnauzer. No, the miniature Schnauzer was you know, developed as a, more a companion dog mm-hmm. than anything else. But they, they're good guard dogs. All three of them are very good guard dogs. Extremely good guard dogs. Brilliant. Okay, that's just about our show for this week. Now remember the quiz from the beginning of the show. Which was, the question was, what is the smallest breed of dog in the world? Is it A, a Dachshund, B, a Shih Tzu, C, a Pomeranian, or D, a Chihuahua? Now, Dr. Mm. Rob, as always, has the answer to that question. And a funny story to go with it. My good friend, Caesar Milan. The Dog Whisperer. Oh, the Dog Whisperer. Yes, and he, a very respectful man, Caesar Milan always called me doctor. And I said to him, Caesar, once I said to him, we've known each other many years now. Yeah, you can call me Robert. And he said, yes, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so he always calls me doctor. A lovely, lovely human being. But he said to me once, doctor, the only breed I sometimes cannot control is my own breed, my own countrymen. They're the smallest dogs in the world and I can't control them. The Chihuahua. Smallest dog in the world. And yeah, they're pretty... They're difficult to train. Uh, they're not mean? easy to train. You can. I mean, get them early as puppies and you will train them. Get them, Let them do what they want for a few months and you're gone. It's very, they're not easy to train. Very loyal. Love their owners. Don't bite their owners. But anyone else, yowch. I've uh, been whacked by a few of them. <laughs> now, I'm guessing with a chihuahua, there's just the chihuahua. There's not a miniature chihuahua because that would be about the size of an ad. Yes. <laughs> there's only one size chihuahua and it's the smallest dog in the world. Anyway, that's it for us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, If you have, please subscribe because there's plenty more of the Doggy Pod to come. Lots more celebrity interviews, lots more chats about breeds and and all sorts of things about your dog to help make the relationship between you and your dog just that little bit better. We'll see you next week. I'll see you later, Dr. Rob. I will see you, everybody. And don't forget, no one appreciates what a genius you really are Unlike your dog. Your dog just thinks you are fantastic. Well, there's a good reason for that, yes. Hey. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 